This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about the foods of Pokemon. Yes, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. It is very exciting. It is very, it is very odd. This is a wonderful, terrible, yes. beautiful rabbit hole to have fallen into for a few days. Yes, and I was laughing aloud researching this. Oh, and at some of the words, uh, I was like, this is going to be so fun to say in uh, attempted serious voice, or at least one where I'm just not laughing as yeah. I read through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so many of you have written in about this. There are so many fantastic puns in this universe. Oh, absolutely. And in every language that it's published in, from what I understand, there are like slightly unique and ever increasingly weird puns. And so, uh, yeah, like we we are talking about the English language ones here for the most part, but uh, oh gosh, if if there's something really spectacular in a different language, please write it and let us know. Yes. Oh, please. Um, And yeah, my, my brothers were super into Pokemon uh, they had the cards, and they watched the show, and uh, they played the games. And one of the only times I've seen my little brother cry was at the movies. Aww. Sorry, Bobby. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> he never listened. But um, <laughs> was it me too? It was a very sad thing. Um, and I have like flashbacks and nightmares of Pikachu. Because of Super Smash Brothers, <laughs> okay. my best friend Katie always played as Pikachu, and oh. you'd hear that Pika, Pika, and then you're on fire and you're dead. Ugh. Wow. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went no. to a place. No, you clearly did. It's okay. I I never I never got into the the show or the games growing up. Um, it didn't come out until I was already in high school, so I was a little bit little bit old for it at that point. Um, not that not that you're ever too old for it, because when Pokemon Go came out, I definitely started playing that with my friends. And I am still playing that like to this day. 
So Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I have fond memories of being in Hawaii and wrangling you and Super Producer Dylan. You'd go off and play Pokemon Go. You'd be like, Eddie, come on, please. Just 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. And I'd be like, oh, fine. <laughs> we were like in between places. We were like kind of waiting for something. And I was like, there's an Aerodactyl over there and I need one. So, you know, like we went on a little adventure. It was nice. It was very nice and quite funny <laughs> because this, you know, Lauren says this to me and I'm thinking, what is, what is my life? <laughs> um, and I will say the theme song, the Pokemon theme song has been a hit at work karaoke events to the point I request it every time. Yeah. Uh, and it brings down the house and super producers, I think it was Dylan or maybe Andrew requested it the first time. And I, I, there's no looking back. I'm pretty sure we posted a Instagram video of us singing it on yeah. our stories. Yeah. Both of our super producers here on Saver. And also, I believe our super producer Paul gets really into it. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, no, it always, I, and like, oh my goodness. I just watched an episode of the cartoon for the very first time this past weekend. Um, my, <laughs> My friend Cody, who has played, like, all of the games. A shout-out to them, by the way, because, yeah, they typed up an entire dang list of food references in Pokemon for me and sat me down and showed me the heckin' Jelly Donuts episode <laughs> of the cartoon <laughs> series. Viewing. And, mm -hmm. and that was my first exposure to that thing outside of karaoke. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it's a catchy song. No pun intended. Um, and, you know, I like I like our in-house version, which goes more to the extent of, like, we're going to be our very okayest. Yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Or certain lines are really <laughs> shouted out to the rooftops and others mm -hmm. are sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> It's excellent. I do miss that. I do miss oh, that. Oh, very much. Very, very much. Yes. Well, okay, I guess we should get to our question. Oh, gosh, so sure. Yeah. Pokemon foods. What are they? <laughs> well, well, um, Pokemon, backing up a step, is a media franchise that began with a pair of video games for the Nintendo Game Boy in 1996 um, and developed into a collectible card game that same year, an anime series a year later, uh, then a manga and movies and more other video games and toys and a theme park and everything. Uh, the games and anime premiered in the United States in 98. The original video games are developed by a Japanese company called Game Freak, co-founded by Masuda Junichi and uh, Tajiri Satoshi. They based the concept on kids going out and uh, catching bugs or small fish or other animals as part of play. And yeah, that's what the core of the games are about. Uh, Pokemon is a portmanteau of a uh, pocket monsters taken as English loanwords in, um, in the Japanese loanword alphabet katakana, Poketo Monsuta. So yeah, Pokemon. And... Yeah, in, in the games, yeah, you go find these creatures, and you capture them, and you train them, and you fight them against other creatures, and you trade them, and uh, feed them. And I guess sometimes cook them and eat them? Sometimes? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's over 800 species. Some of them have to be edible and tasty, right? It's just science. <laughs> <laughs> and this franchise is a big deal. According to the company, they have shipped over 368 million copies of their video games. 368 million. Wow. In nine languages over the past 25 years. Uh, we are in the 25th anniversary of Pokemon right now. And yeah, that puts the franchise second only to Mario in terms of titles sold. And I'm pretty sure that Pokemon has made a lot more money. So, whoof. Dang. Mm-hmm. Also, 30.4 billion trading cards in 13 languages. Um, over a thousand episodes of the still ongoing anime, a billion downloads of the mobile game Pokemon Go, aforementioned. It's it's bigger than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, remember when a 
And you still see this sometimes when uh, those like marquees, that's not really the word, but over the road would be like, don't drive and play Pokemon Go. <laughs> like, it's just weird to see this wow. game like in yeah. that like government sense of like, <laughs> don't play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Pokemon Go tells you not to play and drive. Like, that is explicitly yes. not, not what you're supposed to do. Um, oh, although gosh. I have definitely seen here here in Georgia, we've got a hands-free law in cars. And so um, a lot of people have uh, little little gadgets on their dashboard that you can mm-hmm. pop your phone into um, for, for touch-free interaction with it. And I've definitely seen other cars with Pokemon Go up on their screen. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Always gives me a good chuckle. Because, and yes, just like there is a fandom is what we're saying. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, and when you're looking at food, the internet is rife with Pokemon-themed recipes. Oh, yeah. And there have been many product tie-ins with Pokemon over the years, uh, like Baskin-Robbins's Pikachu ice cream cake. Uh, yeah, um, there was this whole spate of things that were released right around um, uh, the release of one of the films in the U.S. in the year 2000, uh, Pop-Tarts with bright yellow frosting and Pokemon-shaped sprinkles on top. The the four shapes that they came in were Pikachu, Charmander, Chansey, and Polyrath, which seems like an odd combination to me. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, there was cereal with marshmallows. Those were Pikachu, Ditto, Oddish, and Poliwhirl. I'm so confused by all of this. Uh, there was canned pasta in tomato sauce from Heinz. There were Eggo waffles. Uh, just a lot of things. I love this. I love this. <laughs> um, and then the Pokemon Cafe opened in Tokyo in 2018. The pictures of the foods and drinks offered there are amazing. Like Honestly, really awesome. Every item ties to a Pokemon character. Mm-hmm. You've got things like the hearty Pikachu plate, which was a small salad, fried potatoes in the shape of a star, fried shrimp, hamburger steak, and a rice omelet shaped like Pikachu. (laughs) Obviously. Obviously. Jigglypuff's musical cheesecake, Gastly's mince cutlet burger, (laughs) and the Gingar smoothie. Everything about this is excellent. Huh. I chose the last two because they were like Halloween spooky themes. Yeah, yeah, those are those are ghost Pokemon, which is another. I want to know about ghost Pokemon. Oh, we're going to talk dead? about we're going to talk about some of them. <laughs> okay, excellent. Oh, yeah, Poke. It is it is a surprisingly to me like dark and strange world. <laughs> yes. I I read the descriptions of some of these dudes, and I'm like. This is a children's franchise. Like, that's messed up. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about some of these messed up elements. (laughs) We will. Uh, But uh, first, we are going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel. Dot com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. 
Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And, okay, so while this is a fictional universe... Uh Many non-fictional foods do feature in it, and we wanted to highlight some of those key examples. Uh Starting with, yes, Brock's famous jelly-filled donuts. Yeah. Which, yes, key viewing for this episode. Uh All right, so we talked about these, actually, in our Jelly Donuts episode. So looking at these... You might think they look like Japanese rice balls or onigiri. However, uh, 4Kids Television Network was worried Western audiences wouldn't recognize this Japanese food um, or associated primarily with Japanese mm-hmm. cuisine, perhaps. Um, so in the English dub, they called them jelly donuts. And this went on to become an infamous meme. Yeah, it's not that they call them that once and then move along. Like, this is a running, like, this is, like, part of the structure of the episode. And so they say it, like, nine times. Like, and everyone, (laughs) like, like this character who made them, who's called Brock in the dub, um, uh, is is all like, oh, man, I made some jelly donuts. Nothing's better than jelly donuts. Would you like some of my famous jelly donuts? And everyone's like, oh, man, I love jelly donuts. And then later they're like, oh, I wish I had some jelly donuts. Pika, pika. These donuts are great. Jelly filled are my favorite. Nothing beats a jelly filled donut. And it just, it gets funnier <laughs> every single time it happens. Because it is clearly a rice ball wrapped in seaweed. And like some of the character, like some of the shots, like they've bitten into it and you can see the little umeboshi, the little um, pickled plum inside. Like there's no universe in which this looks like a jelly donut. Is what I'm saying. Anyway, I I feel like I've seen it. I think you really captured it, Lauren. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it did. It went on to become a very, very uh, infamous meme, and it did inspire numerous recipes for the donuts, including one created by Benjing with Babish, and also recipes for. Brock's rice balls. Yeah, he created two recipes, one for the donuts and one for the rice balls. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) Um, And then, kind of related, malasadas, which are our type of fried donut, usually coated in sugar, sometimes filled. You can see our episode from our Hawaii miniseries we did on them for more information. Um, Pokemon also eat these, and people in this universe also eat these. They're healing! And I agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we had some really, really, really good ones out in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the world of Pokemon is sort of like a like a parallel universe Earth. Um, and there are several world regions that bear similarity to Earth regions. And uh, one of them is sort of parallel to Hawaii. It's called uh, Alola. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's also Brock's Stew which is a common stew that this character Brock cooks up in the Pokemon universe. There's no recipe or real indication of what exactly it entails. Um, The internet is rife with recipes, though, from chowders to creamy soups. And if I understand correctly, this was another kind of um, purposeful mistranslation in the cartoon series because it, like, like, like when you, when you look at it, it's like clearly a cream-based dish. Um, It looks like maybe like a kind of curry like it's meant to be like a curry rice kind of situation. But they just, the, the dub is like, this is beef stew. Would you like some beef stew? So it, was, it sounds like they're kind of trying to mess with your head. Like, you know, like a subliminal message. Like, no, this is beef <laughs> stew. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of things that honestly trip me out really hard about all of this. <laughs> I think I can see like a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> oh no. Where you're just like constantly being told that your truths you held to be true are not true at all. <laughs> We're all being slowly gaslit into oblivion by Pokemon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I n- never saw that one coming. <laughs> But you should have. I guess I should have. On brand for us. We've gotten to the bottom of this. If you never hear from us again, (laughs) you'll know. You'll know why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Pokemon Game Freak got to us finally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So, so yeah. So, uh, a couple of those dishes are are home-cooked dishes uh, within the Pokemon universe. But there are restaurants in the world of Pokemon, uh, uh, a number of them that appear across various games and um, eating at them involves battling other trainers or the staff. Oh. You yeah. You just eat at the restaurant? You've got to Yeah. Down. No, no, no. Yeah, right. So, uh, so I believe from the games uh, Sun and Moon, you can visit the uh, Battle Buffet in Alola. Um, and you, like, browse the dishes offered. And if you choose one uh, on this buffet that another trainer wants, they will battle you for it. And at the end of your dining experience, your a waitress will give you a satisfaction score based on how many dishes you got and their quality. And these satisfaction so you, scores, what, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. I have questions, but yeah, go ahead. Okay. And these satisfaction scores range from you look totally unsatisfied, like your body and mind are both still hungry. Um, at the low end, to uh, you have the look of someone whose belly is full of delicious goodies at the at the top end. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't too far off from a buffet in, in our real world, correct? I've seen some throwdowns. Sure. But I don't think I've ever... <laughs> you as the <laughs> consumer of food <laughs> gets rated. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there is a replay bonus that <laughs> if you've played through the game and you go back, um, it includes a woman who is known as the buffet queen and she shows wow. up. And if you can get a perfect satisfaction score while she's there, she will name you the new buffet queen or king. Too much responsibility. I know, you know. Um, the dishes that appear there include a, a steak, some ramen, some sushi, and a number of other things that I will get back to in a minute. I believe in the game Pokemon Stadium. There's a mini game set in a, a like a conveyor belt sushi restaurant, you know? Uh-huh. Where <laughs> Lickitungs, <laughs> which is a type of Poke dude, uh, they compete to eat the most sushi off of the belt. Baby They've got these long, long, long tongues. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> In, in another game, I think it's in Omega uh, Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, um, uh, you can visit the uh, Maville, Maoville food court in Hoenn, which is based on Japan's main island. You, uh, in, uh, in this game, you, you, you order food from one of the food court's three counters and then take a seat at a table to wait for your meal, and other trainers will come and challenge you for your seat while you wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is like this is pretty close to real life. Like I've seen this happen. <laughs> that is true. That yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> I, I believe the three restaurants there are a, um, a sandwich shop, um, a, a French place, a French cafe, and a, a ramen shop. And I think from the same games, you can also visit. Four restaurants, uh, four different restaurants in Alumio City in Kalos, which is based on Paris, France. And in these games, every dish that you order has a specific amount of, of cooking time, like, like a number of game turns necessary for the dish to come out perfectly. And so your server will challenge you to a game with exactly that many turns. And the quality of the dish will therefore depend on whether you can meet this, this time challenge. This is a lot of like seems if I just want to eat a food, very difficult to do in this world. <laughs> I know, right? This all seems very stressful to me, personally. But 
Yeah. I'm thinking about how mad I am when I'm hungry. And well, then, yeah, you might be a contender, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) You, oh, you could be the buffet queen. You know? (laughs) Someone's got to do it. I'm imagining a Mandalorian spinoff. Where, like, the Mandalore is, like, the buffet lore or something. Yeah. Oh, no. And, yeah. you know, instead of the Darksaber, mm-hmm. it's, like, a spoon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. This is what this is what I would be in this universe. I, yes. <laughs> I would rule over the buffet with an iron gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did want to, I did want to put in here that in... That the that the names of these four like French-ish restaurants in this game, um, in order of quality from lowest to highest, are um restaurant Le Na, restaurant Le Ya, uh, restaurant Le Wow, um, and the sushi high roller. <laughs> it's kind of a pivot. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I like appreciated it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember Lauren and I were having this conversation. The other day with our friend Joe McCormick about like key points in universes that you you can tell your your universe because it has never been said before in any other universe. It yeah. creates this like <laughs> like a buoy, sing- like, like a singularity, beacon. right? You're just like, nope, that's it right there. That is <laughs> this universe. I I feel like a lot of sentences in this are giving me that vibe of like this has never been said before anywhere in this else. Context, yes. <laughs> this this combination of words is unique to this situation, and it's yes. so true. Like a podcast fingerprint is <laughs> what's happening for our universe. Oh. And it's only going to get weirder because now we're going to talk about some Pokemon byproducts. Mm-hmm. So, yes, humans in this world also eat Pokemon byproducts like Moo Moo milk from a mill tank, which can be also made into Moo Moo cheese, mm-hmm. or the allegedly more nutritious and protein-packed Chansey eggs. Yeah, uh, Ch- Chansey and Blissey's eggs, you can eat them. Um, their signature move, by the way, is soft-boiled. I'm having such a hard time from not laughing. I... <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah, one of the, uh, or a couple of the dishes you can get at the aforementioned Battle Buffet um, include a Chansey egg omelet and a, a Miltank cheese pizza. There's also a dish there that's called a Vanillite Parfait, and I'm unsure whether it's made out of Vanillites or if it just looks like one, because Vanillite is this Pokemon made of ice that like just happens to have this kind of head shape or covering that that looks like vanilla soft serve but from what i understand it it, from what i understand it it's not made of soft serve it's made of ice Wait, you could get shave ice though i have not i've not witnessed to your knowledge yeah yeah okay that occur but mm. now i'm pretty sure that there is a toy out there that is mm-hmm. <laughs> that is this thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one of the uh, dishes at Restaurant Le Ya um, is a blue cheese made from the milk or venom of a female arbok, which is a type of snake. Ah, yes. That's another fun thing, since neither you or, or I are very familiar with this world. Um, I did look up pictures oh. of all of the Pokemon we were talking about, uh-huh. and that was a good chuckle as well. Yeah, yeah. If you if you need a description, most of what we mention in here, I'm familiar enough with to describe. So if you okay. need me to, <laughs> I think I might. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what have I offered myself for? Um. Uh, yeah, but no. I mean, lots of apparently there are lots of edible byproducts that come from Pokemon. Um. There's a, a thing called a Snover that sort of looks like a like a snow covered tree. And I guess it grows nuts under under the branch type appendages on its belly. Tropius grows edible berries. Not sure about that guy. Uh, Octillery ink is is edible. Yeah, mm-hmm. little octopus okay. dude. Yeah, Combi um, and Vespaqueen both make honey. And uh, Skiddo milk, which is a plant based milk, can be used to make snacks. <laughs> Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> I think I I got so stuck on the snow. I got stuck on the very first thing you said of growing nuts on its belly. But I'm catching up now. All right, all right, okay. all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's the extremely awkward-looking turtle named Shuckle. Uh-huh. According to the Pokédex, quote, hides under rocks, keeping its body concealed inside its shell while eating stored berries. The berries mix with its body fluids to become a juice, and that this juice is, quote, delicious. Hmm. That, that is what I said when Cody said that to me. I was like, oh, really? Questions. <laughs> uh, many questions. I guess that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Um, which is Pokemon as a food. Because, yes, it, it seems humans do eat Pokemon and that perhaps some Pokemon eat other Pokemon. I think so, yeah. Or parts of them, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, humans can purchase Slowpoke Tail, both peppered on salad and in quiche form, or dried in Alolan stews, spiced, which might involve simmering a slowpoke until the tail falls off. And, uh, yeah, these tails can be very expensive. I oh, saw yeah. prices. And, high, you cost, know, I, high cost item, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also implied that they are sometimes sucked on, like maybe honeysuckle or something, instead of straight eaten. Uh, so so slowpokes are this kind of, um, how would you, it, it's, like a, it's like a smooth pink otter looking creature sort of like a like a chubby pink otter all right and they apparently use their own tails as fishing lures so i guess it follows that those tails are tasty and and this has been like a kind of confusing point throughout several games and or other bits of the franchise like apparently the removal and black market sale of slowpoke tails was at first a, a money-making scheme by the evil team rocket and the <gasps> cause of much outrage but the tails do grow back pretty quickly and like slowpokes are kind of not smart enough to feel pain <laughs> And like later, <laughs> talking on the slowpoke. And like later, it became more widely accepted as a food stuff. And in Alola, their tails just like fall off anyway, so it's okay. I don't really, oh. I don't really, I don't really understand um, the full. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> another another dish at restaurant Le Ya is a a, a bracciola of slowpoke tail. So there you go. Fancy. Right. Right. Wow. There's a vivid fantasy among human characters about cooking a Magikarp. So, you know, that implies that perhaps they eat it, but maybe not. Or maybe they just really want to and they're like, oh, man, not oh, funny. Maybe it's like when yeah. I go to the aquarium and I feel bad thinking about what all of the fish would taste like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Farfetch'd. Uh-huh. The Pokédex entry for Farfetch'd reads, A wild duck Pokémon. Farfetch'd makes a delicious meal, especially when cooked with leek. Because of this, Farfetch'd is nearly extinct. And we talked about Farfetch'd in our Scallion Green Onions episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, because th- this, this, uh, this Pokémon is, right, it's, it's this duck Pokémon that's carrying a leek. And yes. it's based on um, this saying in Japanese, which translates something to the extent of like, it, it, it's lucky if a duck crosses your path carrying its own leek, meaning that like, that like ducks are delicious, leeks are delicious, duck leek soup is delicious. So if like a duck just wanders by you and it's already carrying a leek, that's, that's heckin', that's heckin' great fortune. That's a good day. Yeah. One less step for you, two birds, one stone, as they say. Hey, hey. However, the Farfetch situation is a bit different in the Garlar uh, region, which is uh, UK based, uh-huh. from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, where Surfetched, which is an evolution of Farfetched, will come for you if you even think about it. Even think about putting this 
precious duck-based Pokemon with a leak into soup. Um, and Seraphetched <laughs> is, a, is a bird with a huge scallion sword. It's, like, bigger than he is. Yeah. And a vegetable shield of some sort. Highly recommend looking at pictures. Yeah, yeah. Very, very stern looking. I would not want to mess with that Hilarious. Duck. No. Yes. Hilariously angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to mess with it either. <laughs> uh, it's also a possibility that I couldn't confirm this, but it's a possibility that sometimes um, mill tanks, which are a cow Pokemon, are sometimes made into hamburgers. I like this. Mm-hmm. Couldn't confirm. We need more fact checkers on this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need the best minds. <laughs> um, let's talk about Kingler. And the Pokemon it evolved from, Krabby. It's never explicitly confirmed that humans eat these lobster crab-looking Pokemon, but there is a dish in Pokemon Sword and Shield, and it's implied in the original anime that Krabby are for eating and fighting. There's definitely Uh, images out there of, like, soups or stews that just objectively have Krabby parts sticking out of them, so. Yeah, yeah. and, and the name, you know, Krabby... I I believe is a pun on this very crabby, grouchy uh, creature yeah. Pokemon, and fights a lot, but can also perhaps be eaten. <laughs> People also eat the meat found inside the punching glove-like claws of the crabrawler or crab <laughs> brawler, perhaps. <laughs> Um, quote: What little meat they contain is rich and delicious. That's from the Pokédex. Sure. Yeah. Clouncher's claws are eaten too, but their claws fall off naturally, so perhaps no Pokemon was harmed in that one. (laughs) Um, Crawdance used to be eaten, but apparently folks decided that they tasted bad and smelled bad too, so good for the crawdance. Perhaps. I I don't know. Hmm. I don't know how it feels about it. I wouldn't presume to say. It's wise. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> then there's Sharpedo. According to the Pokédex, quote, it has a sad history. In the past, its dorsal fin was a treasured foodstuff. So this Pokémon became a victim of overfishing. You know, I like that I like that there is like like sustainable outlooks on fishery within the Pokémon universe. I'm glad that they're thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um then there's Barraskua, <laughs> which Yes, does look like a barracuda. <laughs> Here's the entry from the Pokédex on this one. Barracuda's flesh is surprisingly tasty. Hmm. Another fish-type Pokémon, Basculin, <laughs> is eaten on a larger scale, quote, a common food source. Then there are Gabite scales. So the Gabite is like a dragon thing, and its scales apparently grant restorative properties when eaten and are used for other medicinal properties too. However, Gabites naturally malt their scales. So maybe they are not harmed in the process either. Sure, yeah. Uh, I believe Cedrus scales are also used in traditional medicine. Okay, and now we're getting into the uh, the dessert and cafe section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so I am given to understand that there is a cotton candy Pokemon called Swirlix, which evolves into a slur puff, which Cody described as a sentient meringue. That actually sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some, you know... What is it called in D&D? Those globs. Gelatinous cube. <laughs> Sentient meringue is something that you could encounter in a and d I'm honestly a little weirded out by meringue to begin with. And so, yeah, this sounds like the stuff of nightmares. And now I am pretty sure you're going to use that knowledge against me in a future game of D&D. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Never give the Dungeon ne- Master ideas. Never do it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Appletons. Some of you listeners have written in about this one. I adore this. So it's it's one of the evolutions of Applin, the other being Flapple. Flapple. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Mm-hmm. Appleton also first appeared in Sword and Shield, and it looks straight up like a pie. Uh, the Pokédex entry for it reads... Its body is covered in a sweet nectar, 
and the skin on its back is especially yummy. Children used to have it as a snack. Yikes. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I know. It's terrifying. I can uh, just imagine children, like, ripping off the skin of this I, poor sweet pie. I hope pie. it, like, molts naturally. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, then we have uh, the, the Milsery, which is a cream blob Pokemon that evolves into um, All Creamy, which is a... <laughs> Again, Cody described it as a whipped cream homunculus. Um, and to evolve this this guy, you have to you personally have to spin around and then strike a pose. And the flavor of the al creamy that you wind up with depends on the time of day that you do this and the length and direction of the spin, plus what kind of food it's holding at the time. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> and that is already a lot, but then... Cody said out loud to me as though it were a thing that people just say, it never stops producing cream. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is like a horror movie. It's like the ring. I <laughs> don't you understand? It never stops producing cream. <laughs> terrifying. It apparently uses this cream defensively. Like, when attacked, it will throw cream at its opponent. And if the opponent should eat the cream, it soothes it uh, until the opponent doesn't even want to fight anymore. Oh. <laughs> My brain is struggling <laughs> so hard to comprehend all of this, but it's excellent. Whipped cream homunculus. Yeah. Yep. Tell Cody thank you. Oh, I for all of this. I I already did. I will add your thanks to the thanks pile. Yes. <laughs> this <please>. is please. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> then there's Cheruby, Cheruby, mm -hmm. which is basically a cute little cherry with an even littler cherry sleeping on its head. And this littler cherry is described in the Pokédex as sweet and tasty. Okay, but this is where it gets crazy. <laughs> um, this baby head is where the Cherubi's nutrients comes from, so it can't survive without it. So if you take it, it you're leaving poor Cherubi to die a slow death. But it's tasty. I mean, apparently, because both Pokemon <laughs> and people eat it, so. <laughs> oh, Wow. Okay, then, then um, there are Sinisty and Poltegeist, which oh, yes. are black tea Pokemon that possess uh, teacups and teapots, respectively. Um, Sinisty can drain your life force if you drink it, but apparently it tastes really bad, so, like, generally that doesn't happen. You, like, usually spit it out pretty fast. Um, Poltegeist, on the other hand, tastes really good, but it only lets trusted trainers drink it. What? <laughs> and it can cause indigestion if you drink too much, so watch out for that. What? <laughs> uh, furthermore, y'all, uh, both come in two forms, um, antique and phony. And you can tell the two apart by, by seeing whether there's an authenticity mark on the bottom. So there are both genuinely produced, which are rarer, and uh, phony haunted teacups and teapots that you can drink the Pokemon out of. So does that imply that the haunting is not real? It's a, a phony haunting? No, it's a, it's a real haunting, but it's a, okay. it's a phony piece of china. Oh, uh, I'm glad we, we cleared that up then. The haunting yeah, is real. The haunting All is right. quite real. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Uh, don't want to drink too much. No indigestion. Understood. Yeah. Um, uh, and I will say that the hardest I laughed while doing this reading um, was at this pair of uh, Kotaku headlines. Um, the first was, Poltegeist is made out of tea and you shouldn't drink it. And the second is, stop telling me to drink the new tea Pokemon Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> These were like two months apart. 
<laughs> and I just like felt the like increasing desperation on the part of Kotaku. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the second hardest I laughed, I had I had to put in here, is uh, when, when I realized that there is a legit article about the food politics of Pokemon in the magazine Modern Farmer. Wow, and Modern Farmer. Right? <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> It's all these questions about, like, sustainability and, like, responsibility <laughs> and, like, ethics wow. of eating these sentient beings. <sighs> That's some nerdery I would pull. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've written about the economy of a, a fantasy world once, and my mm-hmm. friends were like, you've got to stop. <laughs> but I have questions. Huh. Um, <laughs> speaking of, we have some more questions <laughs> we do, we do. Uh, but first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And uh, so so we, we do frequently take um, a quick break during our ad breaks um, and just mm-hmm. just have a little bit of a chat. And in this one, <laughs> y'all, uh, uh, producer Andrew, who, who by the way, uh, referred to, before we started recording today, Pokemon as being uh, his childhood crystallized. So, so yes, uh, grew, grew up with these games in this show and uh, made sure, wanted to make sure that we mentioned the Pokemon um, Bounce Suite because this is a Pokemon from the Alolan area that um, resembles a mangosteen, uh, mm-hmm. which we have talked about on the show. And in doing a quick Google about this, I discovered that um, they're often used as living air fresheners because they smell so sweet, and that they are, in fact, too sweet for human consumption, but its sweat is sometimes used to make a juice. Sweat juice. Mm-hmm. That is what I have been given to understand from the internet. And <laughs> I... <laughs> Perhaps it's best to leave it at that. I, I think we should move on. <laughs> yes. Although I have to say we're not necessarily moving into uh, 
safer territory. That is absolutely <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, because now we wanted to discuss the diets of Pokemon. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Do they include other Pokemon? This has long been a mystery at the forefront of Pokemon scholars' minds. Uh-huh. Generally, as makes sense because, you know, when you're talking about, like, game mechanics, um, food fed to Pokemon serves as a curative or a stats enhancer. Uh-huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, many real-world foods make an appearance in their diet. Lots of berries um, and fictional foods as well. There is a definite uh, Pokemon food chain in place. Uh-huh. Yeah. While most Pokemon appear to be omnivores, others eat insects and pidgey eggs and caterpie. That's a type of caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, berries do seem to be the most common food for Pokemon. Um, you can uh, harvest or grow them in different games. Um, they usually, right, have some kind of health or other effect on Pokemon. Um, there are like over 60 different kinds of berries. There is a berry dex. Um, <laughs> many are based on real world fruits. Uh, Pokemon berry parallels to foods that we have covered on the show include the um, Persim berry. The uh, Nanub berry, mm-hmm. the Pineapp berry, <laughs> mm-hmm. Durin berry, got it, Pasho berry, mm-hmm. and the Merkel berry, <laughs> <laughs> or Mickleberry, M- my Michael berry. Anyway, <laughs> um, and apparently in some games the types of berries will correspond to improvement scores in particular categories. So, like, dry berries add to a Pokemon's beauty. Spicy berries add to a Pokemon's coolness factor. Sweet berries add cuteness. Uh, Bitter berries impart smartness. Um, And sour berries impart toughness. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, And in some games, you can uh, combine them to make uh, uh, different, more advanced food items or uh, medicines. Right. Um, And then there's uh, Brock's homemade Pokemon food, which sort of looks like a dry pet food. Prior to the introduction of berries, Pokemon food was implied to be the main food source for Pokemon, although berries are an ingredient in this. And like pet food in all real world. They are designed to be, this food is designed to be tasty and healthy. Um, it is edible by humans as well, particularly trainers and breeders. Uh, they'll taste it to test how good it is, uh, the texture. And Brock is known for making some of the best Pokemon food ah. in a variety of flavors. Yes. Then there are Poke Blocks. Um, And these are candies made of mixed berries that come in a handful of flavors and, yes, raise some stats when eaten. And then there are Poffins, which is a combo of the words Pokemon and Muffins. This food item debuted in Generation 4, and they are these sort of bun-looking things that Mm -hmm. increase... uh, Yeah, you'd feed to a Pokemon to increase the chance of a Pokemon winning a battle. They're made of berries and come in sweet and sour flavors. And Lord help me, there is a formula involved, (laughs) um, which is L equals 60 capital B over T minus parentheses lowercase b plus S, where capital B is the base level, T is the time taken in seconds, lowercase v is the number of burns, and S is the number of spills. Guaranteed to boost a Pokemon in at least one of five categories. Yes, tough, beauty, cool, smart, and cute. <laughs> Math formula is so good. <laughs> uh, and then there are Poke Puffs. These cake-like items are meant to up a Pokemon's affection for you. Yeah. And thus can unlock special bonuses for the player. Players can win these in Pokemon Ami- minigames in Generation 6. Flavors include sweet, mint, mocha, spice, wish, honor, uh, along with seasonal varieties. And there is a Poke Puff baking contest in the anime, from what I understand. Also, from what I understand, uh, there are Poke Beans that you can send your Pokemon to mine on on this island called the Isle of Beans. (laughs) 
aisle of beans. Uh, I see what you did there. I, <laughs> I don't know, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's rare candy. These sugary treats boost a Pokemon's energy without battle or daycare and raise their level by one. Again, like, I feel that depending on the games... Oh, yeah. Uh, th- these A lot of these appear in many different games and many different capacities. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Curry. Uh, so many types of curry. 151 types, in fact. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And making it is a mini game. And depending on the result, it can boost one or some of your Pokemon stats. It's popular in Galar, which is, yeah, essentially the UK. Uh, yeah, and you can make it by combining different berries and also other ingredients, um, like uh, sausages, uh, different types of tinned foods, um, bread, pasta, mixed mushrooms, smoked poke tail, large mm. leeks, brittle bones, instant noodles. Um, <laughs> so you, you choose you choose your berries, you choose your base ingredient, which is one of these, and then uh, and then there are three steps. You you fan the flames, you fan the cooking flames. You give the pot a good stirring, and then you put your heart into it. <laughs> those are those are the three steps. Um, okay. And yes, there is a curry dex to help you figure out what types of curry you make. Uh, oh. and, and they'll wind up, uh, yeah, like bitter, sour, sweet, or whatever. So you can get like a bitter coconut curry or a spicy toast curry. And yes, that smoked poke tail is definitely slow poke tail. And you can definitely make slowpoke tail curry and then feed it to your slowpoke. So. <gasps> yeah. It's messed up. Hard agree. That's messed up. <laughs> it's a sick, sad world. <laughs> oh, apparently. Oh, my gosh. This is like, I, I'm such a, when you have those games that have the moral choice that you have to make i uh-huh. can't like even if it's a video game i'm like I never will i step on this flower or whatever it <laughs> oh, is yeah yeah and my my brothers were always like oh, i'm gonna stomp that flower out um well feels like this slow poke thing <laughs> <laughs> one of, of those one of those yeah. yeah but let's end it on a less dark note yes let's and talk about pikachu's ketchup Apparently, Pikachu is a huge ketchup fan. Uh, I'm, uh, ketchup. Ketchup? And has cried actual tears when ketchup is taken from him. (sighs) As a fellow fan? I was about to say I love this because, Annie, I feel like you can probably relate. I can. I don't know if I've ever cried when someone took my ketchup away, but I doubt they would even dare (laughs) to do such a thing. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in 2000, Heinz even released a limited edition ketchup bottle that featured Pikachu on it. Well, there you go. So that's, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> when you know you're synonymous with a food. Like, that's yeah. if I ever get my oh, face on wow. peanut butter or something, that's like yeah. the equivalent. That would be beautiful. <laughs> One day, goals. One day, yeah. I just got to follow in Pikachu's footsteps, even though I'm traumatized <laughs> by his battle cry. <laughs> <sighs> well, this has been a weird, wacky, wild, but very fun adventure. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just feel increasingly tripped out by mm-hmm. all of this. Like none of this doesn't make me feel tripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were things that I was saying out loud, and I, my brain was like, "Are you sure that's a sentence?" <laughs> like, I think it is. I think mm-hmm. it's a sentence that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I am positive that there is stuff that we, uh, again, as we both said at the top, you know, like neither of us are like poke experts. Um, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we might have mispronounced things or yes. missed your favorite things or yeah. uh, or something like that. Uh, so if we did that, then please do uh, write in and let us know. But mm-hmm. uh in the meanwhile, we do have some listener mail for you. We do. And I, I tripped us up with the ad breaks today. So we're going right into it. We are. But <laughs> but do you but do you wanna do you have prepared a uh Oh, it's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious, Lauren. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, well, so it is time for the snowman. <laughs> 
I knew that was going to be a hard one. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to try to find I was like, oh, I know what's coming. But with the lag in our internet connection, I'm never going to be able to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, thank you, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lauren. There was a whole like move with there it. There was. There was. Oh, oh my. <sighs> Lisa wrote, as someone who grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, I've always loved Pennsylvania Dutch food, but I now live in Washington State where I can rarely get it. So I did want to mention that, in my opinion, Scrapple is best enjoyed with syrup. So if and when you ladies try it, don't forget it. <laughs> also, the main reason I emailed today was your saffron episode. I've always associated saffron with saffron rice, but another food I always had growing up was chicken corn soup which my mom made, and it was the best. I tried to make it on my own one time, and it was awful. I later found out that the key to a good chicken corn soup is saffron. Oh. oh. Also, if you ladies ever do a Pennsylvania Dutch food episode, definitely look into the debate of dumplings versus no dumplings in your chicken corn soup. It is a big matter of debate in the area. Ooh, I love a dumpling debate. Okay. I do, too. Okay. And I have no doubts that it is. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of chicken corn soup, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what particular type that is. Um, I've had soups that had both chicken and corn in them, but right. But well, wasn't we'll this to type of chicken corn soup? I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to get to the bottom of it. We shall. Joe wrote. I was so delighted to listen to your Haggis episode, especially when you mentioned Burns Night. It reminded me of graduate school at Durham University in the UK, and my favorite college formal, Ustinov College, represent Burns Night. There were bagpipes and recitations of Robert Burns' poetry, of course, and speeches like a toast to the laddies and the lassies, in which there was much gentle roasting of the opposite sex. All toasts were done with whiskey or iron brew. Uh, the whiskey was very strong, and as an American, I rather expected the iron brew to taste like orange soda. Spoiler alert, it did not. There was even a Kaylee after the dinner. A Kaylee has a traditional dance and music, which has often been compared to a fight as much as a dance. Can confirm, there's lots of swinging in circles and flinging your partner to the next person. It's so much fun and a great way to burn off all the calories from the dinner. Onto the food. Because it was a formal, we had the usual soup course, main course, and dessert course. Since it was Burns Night, we had an additional haggis course in between the soup and the main. It was the first time I'd ever had haggis, so I was excited but also full of trepidation. I was so pleasantly surprised. No weird texture at all and full of spices, which is not something you got during a formal dinner at uni in the UK. It was so good, in fact, that I was tempted to ask for another serving of haggis rather than endure the roast beef main course, which was dry and uninspired in comparison. After that, I made it a point to try haggis whenever I could. There was a pub in Edinburgh where I had it prepared like scrapple, uh, crisp on the outside and practically melt in your mouth in the center. Delicious. Oh, that sounds like such a good time. Right? (laughs) Oh, all of that sounds amazing. Yes. Yes. Food. So good. We've got to get to one of these celebrations, Lord. We genuinely do. That is right. There is poetry and toasting and haggis. Bagpipes. Come on. Dancing. <laughs> Come on. Dancing. So. Aggressive so. dancing. That's the only kind I'm good at. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Fit right in. Um, <laughs> Thanks so much to both of those listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks so much to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. 
Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 